Hey everybody, this is Brianna. And this is Gwen. And you're listening to The The Page Turner. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Page Turner, episode 2. I'm Brianna. I'm Gwen again. And today we have a special guest, Robin. Hi everyone, I'm Robin. I'm a page at the library. Um, we just want to thank everyone real quick for listening to our first episode. Um, it was pretty exciting to have it out there, and we're excited to bring you more content. So, yeah, so let's let our guest speak for themselves. Robin, what is your favorite genre of books? I really love um, Supernatural Teen Lit, in particular when it comes to, like, the fairies and magic forests, things like that. Yeah, so Robin is one of our resident expert uh, YA, YA and, readers. Yes, YA readers um, and books, which is perfect because the book we're talking about today is... A YA novel. It is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. First, let's do the page perspective. And this week, we have a guest Robin doing it. So Robin, what, what was life like this week as a page at the Los Angeles Library? Oh my goodness, this is the right time to ask me that question. Had such an iconic moment for a page, page in the library. Um, I was sitting at the computer, um, working, fixing some records, and a librarian comes to me and she's like, Hey, Robin, how's your sense of smell? And I'm like, well, that's an ominous question, right? <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's It sounds weird, but literally every page has been through this moment. But, um... Like fair to moderate. Why? <laughs> She's like, oh, well, we need, we we disagree on what this smells like, and we need a third opinion. So she takes takes me to the back, and she hands me a book, and it's a children's book. So I'm already worried, but I like carefully smell it, and I'm like, that's weird. This smells like a spice, which is not what I was expecting from a children's book. <laughs> just, so yeah, we ended up playing the what's on this book game show. <laughs> Which is kind of a popular game for the pages. <laughs> We've yeah. all been there. Yes. And this has been the page perspective. <laughs> so real quick, before we jump into Six of Crows by Leo Dugo, we wanted to say that next time we will be reading... Less by Andrew Sean Greer. A story which asks, who says you can't run away from your problems? Okay, now on to the book, Six of Crows by Leo Dugo. First, though, let's talk about the author. So, Leigh Bardugo was born in Jerusalem and grew up in Los Angeles. She attended Yale University before publishing her first novel. She worked in copywriting, journalism, and as a Hollywood makeup artist. But before that, she well, not before that, but she also wrote movie trailers, which I think is really kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. <laughs> um, she faced a lot of rejection initially, but she eventually got a contract which was for the Grisha trilogy which takes place in the same universe as Six of Crows and actually won a few awards at least the first one did yeah in 2016 uh it's really cool it was announced that she was writing the first book in the four book DC icon series which is adapting DC Comics biggest superheroes such as Wonder Woman which is really cool as you may know Wonder Woman the movie was really big and huge and it was was, phenomenal it was great um if you haven't seen it with your kids or just even for yourself you definitely should yes in the acknowledgement section of Six of Crows Lee Bardugo talks about how she stuff she suffers from osteonecrosis and sometimes needs to use a cane and so it was really important to her to include a character who had a disability and needed to use a cane which was really it's kind of touching yeah it's really cool so it's a bone disease and so the leader of the gang in the book that we're going to talk about today 
um, has to walk with a cane, and he's a really awesome and very strong character. So it was really cool that um, showcasing that kind of disability was important to her. Yeah. Yeah, so that is Lee Bardugo. So what is, in one sentence, how would you describe what the book is about? Uh, oh, yeah, in the cover it says, Six Dangerous Outcasts, One Impossible Heist. Yeah, so there's six uh, young adults, and they're trying. They're going to perform this amazing heist on the Crystal Palace, I believe that's called, mm-hmm. um, because they need to break someone out because they have dangerous information. Six characters are Kaz Brecker, Inej Gotha, Nina Zenik, uh, Wyland Van Eck, Matthias Helver, and Jesper Fahey. And I just have to say, Jesper is my son. I love him. Um, and so how would you guys describe each one? So Kaz is like... Okay, so Kaz is the leader. He's a very strong because he has to be kind of character. He really builds up, up his persona, which is great. It's so much fun to watch him like actively create this character that is Kaz Brecker. It's not even his real name. It's no, awesome. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. And he for me, you know, you'd think he might be the brooding typical um leader of a gang and he kind of is, but he you buy it. You don't roll your eyes. You don't think, "Oh, he's just Oh, I did though." Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, see, to me I was like he I really thought it was awesome. Well, because when you find out so much of his backstory, I could see you rolling his your eyes at it at first, but then the uniquely interwoven parts of his backstory make it like, oh, okay, this, I can get behind why he's so emo. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the things that I love about how the author presents this character is, without get, going into spoilers or anything, like the very second chapter that he's in, they start to like go back and like challenge his very image, the, the, the way he presents himself for the reader. It's awesome. Th- that's one of the things I appreciated too, is that it wasn't like, oh, he's going to be mysterious the whole first book. It's a duology, so this book is book one out of two. You don't have to go the whole book without finding out what his story is. Mm-hmm. You start from the very beginning knowing the story, which I think helps you create sympathy, and you don't, you're not supposed to view him as this mythical, amazing, le- amazing leader, like mm-hmm. the whole city does. He's very human from the beginning. Um, and then we have Inej, who is so cool, and she is the... Well, she started out, like, um, I guess you could say simple, sort of. But they all sort of start out, like, very unaware and simple and innocent is the word I'm looking yeah. for. Which uh, is ironic, considering they all have really, you know, kind of upsetting pasts. Well, that's the thing. They all start out innocent, and then you learn about what's made them not innocent anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she started out as, I guess you would kind of call her, like, a gypsy, like, mm-hmm. in the classic sort of, like, romantic way. Circus. Like, she was traveling. in circles. Yeah, the, yeah. Her kind, like, they, like, her people, they don't stay in one place. They travel around. They do shows. So she was, like, a high-wire act, and that sort of translated into her future like life of crime yeah she's kind of like a rogue almost yeah you know she she sneaks up behind people she gets information for kaz they call her the wraith yeah which is so cool and then we have nina she's sort of like the healer of the group but also the seductress she can get information out of anyone by like batting her little eyelashes at them yeah Yeah. i mean yeah without going into like spoiler territory she has like power she comes from a land where they have special powers um there's like three different groups of people and for her she can control people's heart and they're like blood vessels and like breathing and stuff Bodily like that. functions in general yeah yeah and then next we have wylan who i also love and he is one of the top merchants what does his dad do his dad is like the richest dude in town yeah yeah and he he He's does goods goods and stuff yeah 
Wyland's just, he's kind of the gentle soul. He is, I guess, in some ways, the morality of the group. But I guess so is Inej. He's, I don't know. To me, he was like a goober. He was a little squishy. <laughs> I loved him. You wanted to protect him. Yeah, he was a sweetie. And you could tell because he didn't, like, he hadn't been in that world for long that he was in above his head. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, uh, Jesper was there. Who's the next, well, who's an, one of the next characters. And we'll let Brianna talk about him because she loves him Jesper so much. Jesper is my son. I love him. He's a sharpshooter. He's great with his guns. And he's just absolutely fantastic. Um, he has a gambling addiction, which is a fun fact about him. Um, which she learned pretty quickly because a lot of characters will use it to, like, make uh, some jabs at him. But, uh, yeah, so that's basically what he is without giving us you know, just spoilers. Um, he is the he is the the, the guns of the operation, yes. <laughs> I guess. But yeah. Um, and then lastly, we have Matthias, who is kind of like a not a Viking. <laughs> I, I would say he's a Puritan Viking. Yeah, was the best way I could describe him. <laughs> like his culture is very like prim and like very. They don't like talking. Yeah, conservative is yeah, a good word. Yeah, and but they're also very warlike, and and they live in the cold areas, and they're all blonde, so they're Vikings. But they ha- yeah, so it's just it's kind of funny that like the they live and breathe for war, mm-hmm. but then they're also very conservative in other aspects and personal and relational aspects, which yeah. makes a really interesting character, and it's very easy for the others to make fun of him mm-hmm. and try and you know get a rise out of him, which is always really fun. An interesting part of his dynamic with the group, though, is because they have to go and rob, basically, his country. And he's just sitting there like, I'm a traitor. I'm a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. And that's basically, like, the summary of the first book, you know, is these six people get together and want to rob and steal a really hard place that's hard to get into. And that's Mm -hmm. where Matthias is from. So you have all these really amazing characters. Their dynamic is a really awesome and you learn about the backstories from the very beginning which makes for a very interesting and fascinating reading um so overall i personally gave this book a five out of five stars i think it's one of the best written books i've ever read in my entire life and that is saying a lot coming for me because one i really don't read ya um what about you gwen um so i'm wibbly wobbling between 3.5 and a four I know that's an unpopular opinion in this room. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was worried you were going to give it a two. I No, I wouldn't give it that little. I think for fantasy, it's pretty good. Also for YA, it's very good because I th- feel like the romance didn't take over too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't my favorite book. I'm probably never going to go back and reread it. But Will you read the sequel? Mm, I'm tempted to, but I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's valid. That's fair. <laughs> And a Robin? I love it so much. Top score. Yes. Five out of five. Right, five ten out of, out of ten, hundred out of a hundred. Yeah. Fun fact, I recommended this book to Robin to read, so you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then if you are thinking about picking up this book because of just the amazing way that we've talked about it so far, <laughs> when and where would you guys suggest that someone picks this book up? I think we'll give this one to Robin because she's the YA expert. Yes. Well... I love audiobooks. I listen to it on audiobook. Um, and so my advice for anybody looking to read, listen to the audiobook would be don't do the thing we do with a lot of audiobooks where you're listening to it in the car or on the bus or somewhere there's a lot going on. You're going to want to really pay attention to what's happening because there's so many moving pieces in the story you're going to get lost. Um, but beyond that, 
like I would say read it now, like wherever you are, just stop what you're doing and <laughs> listen or read to it. Yeah. Love that. Um, and then do you have any suggestions for any other YA books that someone who liked this book might enjoy or just some YA books in general that we have at the Los Gatos Library? Oh, well, YA books in general, anything by Holly Black. Um, if you enjoyed this book, they actually have an entire trilogy, the, the Grisha tri- trilogy that follows one of the characters, Nina, on a, a completely separate adventure. Um, so I've just recently started reading Shadow and Bone, the first volume, and it's very interesting so far. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by, Robin. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And that was our non-spoily review of Six of Crows by Lebo Dugo. Before we move on to the spoilery section, um, just like last time, Gwen and I are going to read one of our favorite quotes from the book. Gwen, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so I chose a funny one because it made me laugh. It's Nina talking to Matthias. Uh, she says, you wouldn't know a good time if it sidled up to you and stuck a lollipop in your mouth. <laughs> Which kind of goes along with what we were talking about in the non-spoily section about how it's so easy to get under Matthias' skin and it's yeah. fun to tease him. And um, funnily enough, my quote is from Matthias to Nina. And uh, he says, we're all someone's monster. Um, which, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, I loved that line. Because it's so true. Like, the these group of six people, um, they all have a certain skill set which... If you, you're used to your power. Nina is used to her ability to stop someone's heart, you know? And when you grow up around that, you don't think it's as frightening. You you fear for other things. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be someone that represents that fear that you're going to encounter. Yeah. Let's go on to our spoilers. Yeah. We're going to go into the more details of stuff. So this is the part where you run away. You hide. You turn it off. It's... <laughs> You don't want to hear about it because you haven't read the book yet. So. And you want to because you yeah. totally should. Because <laughs> we made such glowing reviews. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay, let's just dive right into it. Mm-hmm. So, they succeed. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I mean, okay, so if by succeed you mean they got the guy out of Crystal... Crystal Palace. Palace. Um, then, yes, they succeeded. But if by succeed you mean they got their money and stuff, then they did not. And actually, they technically, again, succeeded, but also didn't because they didn't get the they guy. They didn't get the right guy. They got his son. Because <laughs> the right guy was dead. Yeah. So um, so they end up, so what's going on is that there is this drug called Perum that um, people like Nina, who have special powers and abilities, if you give them this drug, their powers multiply a millionfold. Like, I'm yeah. not even joking. It's not even a tenfold. It it's a millionfold. It goes from like, you know, oh, that's really impressive and kind of awe-inspiring to... No one should have that much power. Yeah, at all. And it makes them, they instantly get addicted, and then they need more right away. All it yeah. takes is one hit of it, and the the formal shells of themselves. Yeah, um, so at the end of the book, they were describing if they don't have the stuff, then they die because their bodies can't handle it. Like, yeah. they, they go through, like, such heavy withdrawals. Physical and, and mental. Yeah, that they can't, like, their bodies just give out. And if they stay on it, it just wears their body out because they're using their power to a degree that, like, their body just can't handle. Yeah. So they make a deal with um, merchants, um, actually with Wyland's dad, who, um, as we said before, is one of the top merchants. His name is Jan? John? Yeah, Jan. I Jan, think. Jan, I think. Van Eck. And for me, it was, I always read it as Jan Van Eyck because <laughs> of the painter. But that's beside the point. That's your art history coming out. That is my art history. Um, and so they make a deal that he'll pay them 30 million Kruger or whatever the money is Something called. Something like that, yeah. Um, an insane amount of money, which is good because 
every character has a dream that they want to accomplish and that this money can do for Kaz. He's the leader of the city, and he just could use it to fix up the city and make his name more. Well, and he can use it to, like, give himself more power exactly. and and take revenge on this one character that, he, like, ruined his life. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, yeah, there's another person who is, a, is also a leader of the gang, but really ruined his life and really goes into his um, backstory, which we don't want to talk about too much here because yeah. it really is a witch discovery mm-hmm. um, and a witch process, but that's his goal. For Inej, she um, wants to get back to her family. She owes... I guess she owes Kaz and the gang that, like, Kaz is part of a lot of money because he paid her debt, which shouldn't even have existed in the first place, but he pays her debt to the brothel owner mm-hmm. to get her out of the brothel and into his gang. Yes. And so now she owes him money. And so she could pay off her debt so and go home. So she can pay that off, go home. And I actually love her, like, dreams by the end of the series, by the end of the book. Yeah, Um, which we also won't reveal, but she has big plans, too, on top of that already. mm -hmm. For Nina, Nina has also been torn away from her family. Um, She was captured by Matthias's people. As we mentioned earlier, Nina and Matthias come from a group of people who have fought each other for a very long time. And so his people actually captured her and brought her here so she can go back home and see them. Yeah. Um, Well, but I think also one of her major motivators is that she wants to kill the guy who's making this param stuff. The, oh, yes. Sorry. Just because it's killing her people. Yeah. So it's a very dangerous thing to have around for her people. Yeah, because all it takes is one and you're addicted and you're not going to come back from that. Yeah. Um, and then we have Wylan, who his father um, treats him horribly. And I'm actually not going to reveal why his father treats him horribly because it, to me, was one of the best... Um, uh, reveals in a YA book because it, you, you might think, oh, well, that's kind of simple, but it's not. And the way it's done and the way it's crafted and the way it's revealed to you why Wyland's dad is such a joke to him is quite amazing in my book. Um, and so for him, he just wants his dad's life to be ruined. But what's great is that he struggles with this the whole book. It's not like he immediately is like, I want, you know... He, he well, doesn't... like I said earlier, he's like the moral conscience of the group. He's the, he's the squishy, like, happy person. <laughs> He's like I mean and He doesn't want his dad to not Exactly to treat him that way. Like he he's lived with his dad treating him this way forever and he's still some part of him still thinks that his dad's gonna one day be like, just kidding. Like I actually you know, I just was playing, you know I don't actually think that that's accurate. I feel like he knows exactly how his dad feels about him. He doesn't expect his dad to change and he's come to terms with that, which explains what happens at the very end where he's just like, You can't See, you can't use me as See, I actually disagree because there's some points in his thought process throughout the book where he's like, well, look, I can do this. Or look, what about this, Dad? Or look, what about this? And there is, I feel like at the end, and even in the sequel, I feel like there's an instance, one instance in the sequel where he's like, I just needed to be sure. Like, I, part of him is getting revenge on his, wanting to get revenge on his dad, but he, every time he, they one-up him a little bit, it's like, oh, done. Like, I just wanted to be sure. Well, I guess now well, I Well, I haven't read the sequel. No, I know, but I mean even in this book. But he knows from the start that he can't be used as a chip to keep the the ship mm, safe. That's a good point. That's a good he point. Go, yeah. He actively comes to Kaz and is like, right. you can't use me as leverage. Because my dad Because my me. dad hates me. He, <laughs> yeah. he will not stop. Like, he won't hesitate to kill me. And to me, that says he knows already, like, and he's already decided this is my father and this is how he's going to be. And you can't, like, he doesn't love me. 
Yeah. I, I, I do feel like there's always going to be that 10, 20% in him. Well, I Except until like, the very end. I feel like there's that part of him that wants his dad to be that way. Yeah, but I'm not but, saying he's expecting his dad to be that way. I'm just saying okay. there's that 10, 20% where he's like, he knows, but there's still, it's his dad. So it's still, there's still that part of him that's like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so poor Wyland. Like, oh, I, I want to hug him too. Yeah. Um, and then Jesper, Jesper, um, he has gambling debts. I mentioned that earlier in the non-spoiler review. Um, he, his dad, he grew up on a farm. He grew up on a farm and he came to the big city um, he for school, actually, for university is where his dad Which thinks he was going. like, two days. Yeah. Because he got sucked into the gambling dens. And so he actually gave away his dad's farm. And his dad does not know. His dad is on his farm and has no idea that that's what happened. And so he's desperately trying to get money back because the farm is all him and his dad have. Um, well, definitely all of his, that his dad has left, um, including him, of course. But, um, and that is a... That, from the way Jesper talks about his dad, that is a good relationship. Other than the whole fact that he's lying to him about what he's been doing yeah. for all this time. <laughs> I feel like he just wants to make his dad proud. Exactly. And then finally we have Matthias. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you call it? Um, Our Puritan Viking. Yes. <laughs> he was actually helping Nina. Well, he was, yeah, he, that's a long story. He was helping Nina because they were both shipwrecked while he was taking her back to his country to be basically killed. Yeah, um, his people don't trust the powers. They think it's weird. Well, they think it's unnatural. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Unnatural, which breeds fear. Mm-hmm. And um, vice versa, she thinks that they're kind of brutes, but his people also, you know, so they've been warring, and so what they do is they capture these people. They go out and capture Nina's people. They hunt people down with yeah. powers. And yeah, yeah. Bring them all back, put them up on fake trials, and then kill them. Yeah, and and then execute them. So or use them. Yeah. So they were on a slaver ship. She was being brought brought back. The boat is shipwrecked. She saves his life, and he they, has kind of a change of heart about her because she's like, oh, maybe they're not all monsters. Yes, but when they do finally come back to her city, um, where everyone lives, um, they get caught, and so she tells a lie about him being well, a lie that's the truth about him being. Well, she says like he's a slaver. That's yes. not that's quite not technically true, right. But right. <laughs> that's not technically right. Is what I meant to say. And um, it gets him put into like the they the call big it Hellgate. Prison. Yeah, the big prison. So he's suffering there. So he's back to being mad at her. So that's you know when they actually break him out. Only Kaz only does this. So because as we've said before, the Crystal Palace um, is where he is from. So they need him to draw maps. And everything. So he's actually the one person that's doing this, not because they want to, and not necessarily for the money. It actually pains him that they're going to be stealing from his. Yeah, Kaz promises him like a pardon because he cannot go home and become a Druskel, which is the hunters of witches. It's what it's what it's what he was. Again, if he's got the you know the label of of slaver hanging over his head. Because that's, like, that's not honorable. Mm -hmm. So they would never accept him. So Kaz dangles this little carrot of, hey, we'll we'll get you pardoned if you do this for us. So then he can go home. So the main um, dividing factors for everyone is getting back to the homeland and or getting a lot of money. 
Um, and so that basically it's freedom of various forms. Exactly, exactly. And so it's really compelling. And throughout the book, you learn everyone's history and details. And there's plot twists. You know, there's two that we already said we're not going to give full explanations about because we really do think, even though this is the spoilery section, there's just some things that you have to read for yourself. And we have to leave a little bit up to the you know the imagination. We won't talk about the specific um, plot twists, but we will talk about the ending. Um, because we have differing opinions on it, and I think it'd be really interesting to talk about. So the ending, they, you know, they complete the heist with some caveats, like I said in the beginning, but then near the end, they're on their way back, and these extra supernatural beings that are uh, humans that are obviously on Pyram capture Inej and take her away. So for me, I personally liked the ending, but I could see how it was a bit... Like, okay, well, why did they continue so, on there? So it feels like, to me, like, in, in a way, it was a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But I guess the best way to describe it is that the story feels like it ended, like, 15 to 20 pages earlier. I feel like it should have ended maybe when they were on the boat, sailing home. They, like, made, like, the heist finished. They were successful in that front. And they were feeling good and all of that. And then they come home and there's all this extra stuff that starts another story, which I feel like okay, but why isn't this at the beginning of the next story? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is valid, because I kept thinking, oh, like, they did the heist, like, that's the end. But a part of me, like, knew, though, that this is not, no heist ever goes this smoothly. Well, no, but that's the thing. Like, you know that it's not going to go that smoothly because there's a second book. Yes, you just thought it should have started with that. I feel like, for me, she's forcing you to read the second book because she started the second book at the end of the first. Yeah. And I just kind of find that annoying because, like, I think I said earlier, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to read the second one, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> you, you felt, full, you felt forced to read the second one. I feel forced to read the that's second so, one. That's so funny. Um, I loved it just because I did feel that, though. I did feel like, why isn't it done? Mm-hmm. But that's when a lot of the plot would tw- twist, like, we didn't even talk about, you know, there's a couple things with, they come back and, yeah, Ina is just taken, but then they also confront Wyland's dad mm-hmm. and all these things. So I 100% agree that it didn't need to... But I also still loved it and liked the way it worked. And I don't know... I, w- I wanted more. Like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I think for me, if the book had ended so neatly, I think I would have read the second one. I really liked it. But I also knew that the second the, the other shoe had to drop. And when it did, it, it kicked me in the face. <laughs> so, no, but I, I totally completely agree. Yeah. No, I mean, like... I'm all for cliffhangers and... St- well, not really. I hate <laughs> cliffhangers. I feel like it's kind of a cheap trick. Uh. But um, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm all for unanswered questions. And there were some unanswered questions and stuff. And I feel like that's enough to mm. keep you reading. That and the quality of the writing or whatever and yeah. the characters. Like, that should be enough to make you read the next one. You don't... Like, you shouldn't have to, like, end your book with the beginning of the next one just to get that interest yeah. going. And I think that's just... I mean, clearly, then just like a different. Um, oh yeah, it's just well, preference. Uh, yeah, reader's preference because you you read um, long adult sci-fi fantasies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, and one of the reasons why I don't is, is because I do think I'm a person that if you don't, if there's not a reason for me to read the next one that's clear in the first one beyond just it being good, yeah. I won't read it. And as an adult, I think trilogies are my max that I'll go to. So I won't keep going on and on just for the sake of the atmosphere and the kid, which yeah. is good enough. That's good enough well, to stay in something. I mean, that's enough to get you through for like a trilogy. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I can totally see that. Like, there's another series I'm reading. He's on book four, three something like that, of, like, a seven-book thing. And we know it's going to be seven books long. And 
And I'm just like, okay, that's a commitment. But he set it up well enough that uh. you know there's an overarching theme. Yeah. And that I totally understand. Needing yeah. to have that to get through a seven-book series. Yeah. Totally understandable. <laughs> but, yeah, for this one, I'm just like, it's a two-part series. Yeah. You shouldn't need to have that to propel you into a second book. Yeah. Like, you just shouldn't. Oh, and see, and I'm like... Give me, give me that, give me a reason. Give me one reason. <laughs> one good reason. Um, well, that's where we're going to end um, our episode for today. What What do you guys think? Did you like the book? Have you read the book? Are you going to read the book? Um, I would say if you're a sci-fi fantasy fan, try it. Give it a shot. I, like, if you're somebody who likes reading Sanderson or, I'm not thinking, Jim Butcher. Oh, like yes. this might not be the book for you, but and on the if other you side like of, yeah. V.E. Schwab, uh, oh, I would say. Magic, yeah. mm-hmm. What's I funny though yes. is I have no interest in reading those books, and I am very picky about fantasy, and I also loved it. So it's kind of this double, like it kind of could work for anyone. If this is not your genre, if YA isn't your genre, if fantasy isn't your genre, you might still really love this. Yeah, like just because it's in the teen section doesn't mean it's not a good fantasy book. It is a pretty good fantasy book. But, like, I feel like fantasy comes in many shades. Yeah. It can be, you know, so... I would say if you like V.E. Schwab, even though it's in the teen room, come check it out. And, again, I'm hesitant about um, young adult books, and I think it's one of the best... One of the best written books I've ever read. Um, So, yeah, so thank you so much. Um, Yeah, give us your opinions on the book if you've read it, or even if you haven't. But let us know if you prefer having a nice, open-ended cliffhanger (laughs) or not, if you think that's a cop-out to get someone to read your next book. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And again, um, thank you to the town for supporting us. We really enjoy bringing you guys this podcast every month. And again, next time we will be reviewing Less by Andrew Sean Greer. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on our webpage via a direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you guys would subscribe or write a review wherever you guys listen. Thank you all for listening. This has been The The Page Turner. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the town of Los Gatos.